I said, let me help you. So I taught them, I encouraged them, I said, look, I never said that. And that's why we're here talking about it. And I'm sorry, I said to Lee, I'm sorry you've been hurt. Let me give you some counsel. Don't repeat things that you hear from other people. It's called gossip. And it hurts people. And it, don't be critical over what's going on. And, and don't bring an accusation against somebody. And there are people that are gossips. Hello? How many of you, you know something? You know what I do with gossips? I confront them. If they do it again, I confront them again. And then I bring the person with them. I mean, you just don't want to ever be a gossip in this church because I'll bust you. Right. And listen, I'm not the only one. We've got other mature people. Don't, you, you know, if you're mature in Christ, don't you listen to an accusation. And if somebody brings an accusation against your pastor, man, you tell them to shut up. Furthermore, I'm under accountability. I, I, in other words, I'm accountable. I'm, you, if you have a question about the way we do anything, come and ask me. We're an open book. Got nothing to hide at all. Nothing. One of the biggest lies that the enemy places within people is that, well, pastor, you're so busy, I don't want to talk to you. People will believe that lie, but they'll talk to their neighbor. You just take it right to the source, Matthew 18, 15. What happened here in this text is that Miriam and Aaron began to get all bent out of shape with what was happening. And they were used by the enemy to undermine Moses. And God didn't like it so much that he came down in a pillar of cloud and he stood in the door and she became leprous. Now, leaders failed. Moses failed. He had an anger problem. Even when leaders fail, Satan attempts to undermine Paul. Look at this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. For the appeal we make does not spring from an error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. You know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. Why is he saying that? When you listen, when you, when you read the epistles, epistles is a Greek word for letters. When you read the letters in the New Testament, you have to listen to it, read them like you're listening to one side of a conversation. So there's a whole other side. Why would Paul say, hey, we didn't do that. We, we, we live right before you. We didn't have any greed. You know, we did it right. Why would he be saying that? Because on the other end of the line, somebody's accusing Paul of being greedy and a swindler and doing stuff. So that's why he's defending himself in the letter. Everybody say, God, I don't want a critical spirit. How did the critical spirit find entrance into Aaron, Aaron, Aaron and Miriam? Well, the first clue is that the first clue is that there was prejudice. Moses marries a Cushite. I read for the New King James. The, the, the NIV says Cushite. New King James. King James says Ethiopian. He married somebody that was black. And you can read, as in Amos chapter 9, verse 7, the Israelites didn't like Cushites. And what appears to happen, you can see in the text, she was an Ethiopian. The only reason, we have an Ethiopian here, by the way, come on, wave at us. Woo! She's born in Ethiopia, lived in Ethiopia. The reason the text mentions the fact that she was an Ethiopian is because it's a clue. There was an interracial marriage, and Moses' sister, Miriam, and his brother, Aaron, they weren't down with an interracial thing. 
They had a problem. There was an offense. Look at two. There was an offense. Some people are onion skinned. You know what that is? You know what an onion skinned person is? When you bump them, they get bruised. Some people have a fence written right across their forehead. Some people come in, they just want to get offended. Have you ever known somebody that's just looking for an opportunity to get offended? You need healing from them. We're supposed to live above offense. They got offended about, the, about her, him marrying a, a Cushite, an Ethiopian. And I think there's a personality conflict. Now, if you study this, you'll realize that God, through Jethro and the word of the Lord, Moses had just changed the whole leadership structure of the church. He had just changed it. What do you mean? He had just called the, called the elders. He wasn't the main guy, lead, you know, lead, main guy determining all the judgments over all the problems. He raised up life group leaders, small group leaders. He got 70 elders, is really 72. Anyway, he got 70 that came, and the spirit that was upon Moses, God would put upon the 70 to judge the cases. Because Moses couldn't handle the weight. Now think about that. Think about it. You, let's say you're Moses. You got a sister and your brother, and y'all in ministry, all three of you together. That'd be great. But what happens is the structure of leadership changes. And when the structure of leadership changes, people get bent out of shape when they lose power. And they, I think they had a personality conflict. They had prejudice. They had, they had offense. They had a personality conflict. And it was really a problem of pride. Fill in the notes. Pride. Pride. Problem of pride. Miriam was a prophetess herself. You'll see that in Exodus 15:20. She had a high opinion of herself. Has not the Lord? Has not the Lord spoken to us also? Luke 14, 11 says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. <laughs> Anyone who humbles himself will be exalted. I hate getting humbled, man, but it's good for you. It is. You know, the Lord knows how to humble you. She wasn't too excited when she got leprosy, I promise you that. And really, that's God's judgment. Look at Roman numeral 4. They sinned against God, for Moses was his man. Miriam became leprous, which is a picture of criticism. You said it's a picture of criticism? How's that? Watch this now. This is a good point. If you're not filling in your notes, fill this one in. When you allow yourself to get critical, what will begin to happen is that you will release a defilement upon yourself and those who listen to you. Do you know what defilement is? Defilement, it's a, there's a, it's a spiritual term. It's in Scripture. The Apostle Paul, writing 1 Corinthians chapter 5, talks to the church and says, Hey, the guy who's sleeping with his father's wife, in other words, his stepmother, you ought to kick him on out of the church. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? In other words, that sin... He's unrepented. It's not right. Don't allow him to continue to be in fellowship because if you do, you're going to have a whole bunch more mess like that on your hands. It's a spiritual secondhand smoke. 
If I lit up a big stogie and blew it into the room right now, you would all be breathing my cigar. Right? The same is true spiritually. You can hang out with people that got a bad attitude, bad, bad company corrupts. That's right. You can hang out with people that are critical, that are people that are negative. You can hang out with people like that and it gets up on you like stink. It gets on you like secondhand smoke. And before you know it, you start thinking critical. You start thinking negative. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, when we're, when we're, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you, I, I've got my family, they're online, they're getting ready, we're taking a plane in the morning. When we're really tired, I will tell you what night, oh, when it is. It is Sunday night. Where's, where's Micah? Where you at? All right, Sunday night. Watch out. Why is that? I'm exhausted, okay? I got up and... We are early hours of the morning and prayed, and it's my privilege and honor to do it. I just can't believe I get to do it. It's great. Awesome. I mean, it's just awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Go through Sunday, three services, counseling, driving to Anchorage, coming back. I'm, I'm, I think I'm the most blessed man on the planet. But on the way home, after leaving here, and sometimes I have to, sometimes we don't leave here at 11 o'clock at night. Sometimes we've left at 12 and 1 before. I'm not talking fellowship. I'm talking wrapping up the business of the church for the whole day. We have our kids with us. They're in ministry with us. And that's a key for all of you people getting in ministry. Your kids aren't somebody that just, Daddy don't go to work. Mama don't go to work. we all in ministry. This is our life. We're in this thing together. It's not like we have hours. It's every day, really. I mean, you have to take rest. But So when we're driving home... The kids are tired, I'm tired, Karen's tired, and if we're not careful, conversation can spiral down like, I'm hungry. Well, you're going to have to wait till we go home. You said that we could go to Jack in the Box. Well, we ain't going to Jack in the Box now. But you said, aren't you going to keep your word? Yeah. And it's just... It's, ah, you just get sucked into the vortex of negativity and criticism. And so I'm telling you, when we go home, commonly, I'm going to say it's every Sunday, but commonly this is it. Okay. It, it happens. My wife will say it or I'll say it. We'll say, okay. That's it. No more talking. But, no, no more talking. And literally we drive home in silence with worship on. Why? Because otherwise, we're just going to start wringing each other's necks. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. Are you saying that pastors get... Oh, yeah. Oh, I got flesh, too. I know you're surprised. Jesus loves me, this I know. Look about it. Critical spirit negativity can just get on you. And Miriam, she became leprous. It's a picture of criticism. It's a picture of negativity. It's a picture of, of speaking out and the defilement that comes from that. Does anybody understand what I'm telling you tonight? Come on, give me a healthy amen, church. Leprosy caused death. Watch this. Criticism will cause death in all of your relationships. It will cause you to be ostracized and pushed out by everybody that knows you. 
and you'll find yourself alone. And that is exactly what leprosy is. When you had leprosy, you were pushed out. You couldn't be with anybody anymore. You were moved outside the camp. And she was, if you read the verses that follow, she's put outside the camp for a period of time. It caused death. She was removed from the community. And if you allow yourself to get critical, you will find yourself broken of relationships all around you. You will find yourself alone, defiled, and very sad. You say, well, what do I do? Don't let your brain go to a critical mode. Shut your brain up. Silence yourself. It's like devil worship. You know, just magnifying all the negative stuff that you see. You know what's helped me? I've understood now that I only see a very small window of what's happening. Look, our minds are finite. God is moving. And the other thing is you have no idea what that person's been through, the way that they're acting and responding. But for the grace of God, you haven't been through what they've been through. Some people have been through unspeakable stuff. Look, I've counseled for years. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable what some people have been through. It is horrible. And it wounds them. It hurts them deeply. And they need healing. And so sometimes, you know, when people are responding in a way that you think is stupid, have some mercy. And, you know, there is confronting and there is saying, hey, you know, don't do that. God's judgment came because of a critical spirit. Miriam is separated. And it's an Old Testament passage, of course, but you'll see the pattern in the New Testament. Let me give you some verses. 2 Thessalonians 3.14, If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. That's Bible. Titus 3.10, warn a divisive person one time, then warn him two times. After that, that's not even three strikes. Three strikes is in baseball. It is not biblical. Three strikes is not a biblical thing. I'm going to count to three. When somebody is divisive, they're constantly bringing division. You warn them once. You warn them twice. And then literally, it says that you have nothing to do with them. You don't eat with them. You don't hang out with them. Now listen, you have to do this all in love. Because if you don't do it in love, then you're the one that's going to get messed up. That's why it says, I believe in Galatians, you who are spiritual should restore such a one. In other words, if you're full of the Holy Ghost and you're walking in righteousness and truth, then you can, you can do things like that. If you're not, don't even start. Come on, Jesus said, how can you try to pick the speck out of your brother's eye when you've got a log in your own? This is the picture. Wyatt, I'm going to get that speck out of your eye. Let me get that. Wait, what's the matter? That's what Jesus is saying. How are you going to get a splint or a sliver out of some guy's eye when you've got a stinking telephone pole out of yours? Come on, somebody. Jesus, help me with my telephone pole. Amen. Let me give you another scripture. Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. I quoted this. Just between the two of you, if he listens, you've won your brother over. That's how you take care of things. When somebody does something to you that you're offended at, don't go talk to Sister Bucket Mouth and Brother Backstabber. 
Go confront them and say, alone. Not in a crowd of people. Whether, and I've seen that too. I've seen that. I've seen, I've seen a like, group of people, and let's say Joe, Brother Joe offended me, so I stand there, there's three people. Hey man, you know when you did that thing, you really offended me. What are, you just barfed all over everybody that's listening. Pull the guy aside and say, hey, you know, when such and such happened, you offended me. And then he can say, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't even know I did it. Or, oh, you know what, you really made me mad, bro. <laughs> and then you can work it out. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 9. I have written in my letter to not associate with anyone sexually immoral. Huh. Wow. Don't associate with anyone sexually immoral people. Listen to this, verse 10. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral. In other words, you can associate with the people of this world who are immoral. The greedy or the swindlers, or the idolaters. In other words, you can, you can associate with them. In that case, you'd have to leave the world altogether. In other words, if God was saying don't associate with all the sinners, then we'd all have to just be raptured on out of the planet now. In other words, you do have to associate them, and you ought to be ministering to them, right? Okay, that was you anyway. Not me. You might get that on the way home. But now I'm writing to you, Come on, that was all of us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It goes on to say, But I am now writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, and, but is sexually immoral, greedy, idolater, slanderer, drunkard, or swindler. With such a man, don't even eat. Now let me define that. That is somebody who says, I love Jesus. I've received him. I believed in my heart and confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. He's my Lord and Savior. Now where is my girlfriend so I can... That's the kind of person that he's saying, don't hang out with them. The, the kind of person who's, who says, yeah, I believe in the Lord, but they're greedy. They're constantly trying to get money, constantly trying to borrow from somebody and, and not pay it back, constantly trying to work their stuff. they got a greed problem. You know what the Bible says? It says, don't even eat with people like that. You're like, you're wiping out my whole family, Pastor. What am I going to do now? Come on, smile at me. I'm teasing you. But it's true. And, and oftentimes I've found in, in the body of Christ that people who've really received the Lord, they don't ever sever those relationships. So they stayed tied with hell, basically. They stayed defiled. They stay in a place where they wonder why there's so much torment, but they're hanging out with, with people who are like that and call themselves a Christian. Now listen, I called myself a Christian and did all of that stuff that it was said in there that you shouldn't do when I called myself a Christian, but I didn't stay there. It's one thing to come in, receive the Lord and go, you know, allow Him to change and come and get hungry and get discipled and grow and repent and, 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 and work things out, work out your salvation and get sanctified through and through. That, that's, that's one thing. Praise God. You know, that's all of us. We all got to do that. Come on and go to the higher level of holiness. Wonderful. I'm talking about somebody who's been in the church. They're just staying stuck on stupid 
living a life that the world lives, but they're calling themselves a believer. And the reason that that is so terrible, I'm going to tell you there's not, this place is not packed out tonight. I've been in Alaska long enough to tell you this. The reason this place is not packed to the gills tonight, and, and, and more so with 15 services a day in all of the body of Christ, is because there's so much hypocrisy with the people that call themselves Christians and really live for the devil, but they say, oh, I love Jesus. So America's full of it. It meaning full of that. Jesus. Hypocrisy. Come on, you need me to pray for you guys? What's going on? Okay. All right, how to be healed of a critical spirit? Michael, would you come on the keys? How to be healed of a critical spirit? First is repent. 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 Ask God to help you. To ask Him to forgive you. I mean, I've been critical in my life. I have. I think the person I've been most critical over is my own self. If you're critical, you know, if you're critical, you're struggling with criti- having a critical spirit. You need to repent. You do a 180. I'm not going to do that anymore. And just don't, don't let your mouth open up and speak on stuff that you don't know anything about. Be prayed for. Everybody say it. Be prayed for. Now, a word to leaders. All right? Now, here's how I look at all of you. You're all leaders. Everyone here has a, is influencing somebody. Influence. You're influencing your children. You're influencing people on the job. Sometimes you think, oh, well, leader. That, they, leaders, they, no, I'm not a leader. You know, yeah, you are. Yeah, everybody's a leader. Everybody. So as a, as a word to, to leaders and, and to, to all of us, really, stay humble. Because if God can use a donkey, you know, he can use anything. And I think the next thing is, you know, I think there was strife. Leaders got released. The 70 got released. And I think there was a, a woundedness that, that Moses, pardon me, Miriam wasn't elevated. Let God elevate you. Let God lift you up. You don't, you don't have to earn it. Just... You know what I've found? Just love God. Radically love God with all your heart. Don't worry about elevation. Don't worry about trying to prove yourself. Don't worry about, you know, whether you can prophesy better than the next person. There's people frying fish under a bridge tonight somewhere in America that can out-preach anybody, anywhere, in any state, in any church, and they're frying fish right now. Let God elevate you. Get your eye off of being elevated. Let God do it. And lastly, don't get bitter about stuff. Don't get bitter about why certain things didn't happen the way it should be. Just trust God. Trust Him. Trust Him. Years ago when I was made a pastor... I think I've been in the I've been in the church seeking God hard for maybe two years. Then on the third year I was made a pastor. Now it was really exciting. That wasn't my goal to become a pastor. I couldn't believe it was it actually happened. I thought maybe they had the wrong guy, but then I realized maybe they didn't. And it was a fulfillment of prophecy. I had people around me that had been on the on the line. You know, the, the launching line, you know, on the launching pad. And just, 
I, I mean, I, I don't, it's just a sovereign thing. God spoke to Dr. Morocco and said, elevate me. Elevate the Brackens. They did. Did you know what happened? There were some folks on the, on the, on the platform. In other words, on the, they were ready to be fired. They weren't too excited about that. Why? Because they've been there for five, six, seven years. Waiting for, wait, waiting for the opportunity to be launched or waiting for those kind of things. And, and God sovereignly did it. I, I'm going to tell you something. I had headaches, man. I had headaches. I had people didn't like me because of it. You know what I've found? Statistically, there's only two or three people that like you anyway. There's really only two or three people that like you. No, let, let this sink in. There's only two or three people that like you. Statistically, it could be higher in some cases, but really no more than two or three. So, who really cares? Live for God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let God sort it out. Let God work it out. And when people start being critical or start accusing you of stuff, keep your eye on the ball. And, and to me, what the ball is, revival. To me, it's souls. To me, it's, to me, it's staying focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of my faith. It's not looking to the right or the left or any kind of whispering or whatever. And I, I want you to know that none of this is happening that I'm aware of in the church. I'm not, this is not some corrective message, unless it is. <laughs> I'm not aware of it. I just felt like the Lord told me to bring it. So I am. Don't get critical. Amen? Did you get something? Let's all stand up on our feet. Lift your hands to heaven. Now, I love doing altar calls that really require honesty. Because it just ain't here to play church anyway. And we never want to embarrass anybody. But the truth is, if you got something that needs to go, there really is only two or three people that like you anyway. So who cares what the other people think? If you're struggling with criticism or you're realizing, man, I, I might have a little bit of that in me. And I don't want it anymore. If that's you, come to the front. Come pray for you. I'm not going to get leprosy. No, no, I'm not. Not going to be leprous like Miriam. Pushed outside the camp. Gonna have clean hands and a pure heart. Gonna have clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well, let's just repent. Come on, just repent. You must guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. You must guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart. And there's always going to be people that do things that are, you know, not the way that you thought it should happen. And then there'll be people that do things that need to be corrected. And there's offenses. Look, 
All of these things work together. If you'll allow them, they'll work together in your life to produce a Christ-like character. Don't think the stuff that you have in your life is just some fluke, just some accident, just some freak thing that's happened. God God is all God. I mean, He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He knows everything. And He's only, listen to me. He knows how to make a man a God. He knows how to make a woman a God. And I'm going to tell you now, the only way to make a man of God, the only way, there's only one way, and it is in the fire. So if you're in the fire... Just start dancing around, and soon the fourth man will show up. And just like the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he'll bring you on out. Quit complaining about how hot it is. You asked him, you prayed one of those prayers, Lord, come, bring your fire. Then the fire comes and we're like, ah, it's too hot, God! Right? Right? Sing songs like, purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious. Yeah, then he comes. Like a blowtorch. And we're just like, want to get critical or squirm or wiggle around. He's trying to make you into something pure and spotless. Amen? So Lord, we just repent for being critical in our lives. God, forgive me. Things I might have said, Lord, forgive us for where we've fallen short, grieved you. Lord, we don't want to defile other people. And Lord, I pray now that those who have been defiled by criticism, Lord, that, that, that there would just come a cleansing over their soul now. Touch them. Wash them now. And Lord, may we use our mouths to build your kingdom. May we be on your building crew, not the devil's wrecking crew. I've said this before, but I'm going to tell you that the devil does not have a voice unless he uses yours. That's worth saying again. The only way the devil can speak in this church, in the earth, is by using somebody's voice. He ain't going to use mine. Mine is, I'm going to use mine for the Lord. How about you guys? So, Lord, wash over us right now. Release defilement. God, we just receive your forgiveness. We receive your cleansing. God, we give you praise and glory. Can you sing it? Come on now, just worship God. I love, I love the day of your appearing. I want to hasten your return. Spirit and the bride say, come, I'm your beloved one. Oh, I love the day of your appearing. It's in your return. Spirit and the bride say, come, beloved one. Listen to these words and we're going to sing it if you can. I love the day of your appearing. I want to hasten your return. What that means is... You can quicken the day of the return of Christ by living godly for Him. You can speed or hasten His return. I want to be like that. Critical, people that are critical don't hasten His return. They don't hasten the kingdom of God. I want to hasten your return. Spirit and the bride say, come for your beloved one. That's the church, but it's you. It's me. 
Come on, we're going to sing it one more time. If you catch it, go ahead and sing along with us. Just receive the ministry of the Holy Ghost tonight. On the day of your appearing, I want to hasten your return. The Spirit and the Bride say, come for your beloved one. Oh, I love the day of your appearing. I want to hasten your return. The Spirit and the Bride say, come for your beloved one. Yeah, yes, I love the day of your appearing. I want to hasten your return. The Spirit and the Bride say, come for your beloved one. Now I want to pray one more thing. Received His healing. We believe that by faith. Amen. We received His forgiveness by faith. Amen. All right, so it's a new day. Let's not be critical. Let's not, let's not backstab or talk evil of people. Let's not be Monday morning quarterbacks. We've received it. Amen? All right, so it's a new day. We're repentant. I want to pray that God would elevate leaders right now. Father, I thank you for the precious people that you are bringing into this house. I pray, God, for each and every one here. Lord, you have given them a position, even an assignment, Lord, in the earth, in this life, which is but a vapor. And one day, it's going to be over and complete, but we'll stand before you on a sea of glass, even at the judgment seat of Christ. And Lord, we'll give an account for how we've done it, what we've done, the words and deeds. And we'll receive rewards or possibly suffer loss. Not a place of punishment, but a place of expression, God, of your love for us. Now, Lord... We want to fulfill our God-given purpose in the earth. And now I pray, Lord, for your precious people, those that are online, those that will listen to this message later, Father, come upon us with a fresh mantle. Raise up leaders, Lord, godly, holy people of prayer and fasting, people of the Word. People that will not be onion skin, but live above a fence. People that will live for you using their mouths to... to 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 build your kingdom, not to tear down people. For love covers a multitude of sins. But for the grace of God go I. It's for God's grace that we are what we are. Come upon us, each and every one. Raise up an army of leaders with a right spirit. A gentle and contrite heart. Not filled with pride. Servant leadership. Servant leaders, humility, truth, and honesty. God, we thank you and we ask you to do that within us all. And we give you praise and glory and honor with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus today. If you die, God forbid, breathe your last tonight, would you go to heaven? If you can't say unequivocally, yes then you need to get right with God. You need to give your heart to Jesus. Maybe you just need to be assured of your salvation, but maybe you've never received Him. So all across this place, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment to Him. All across this house, if that's you, slip your hand up now. Say, that's me, Pastor. I want to get right with God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Praise God. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. I see that hand. Praise God. Awesome. Maybe you're online. 
And we had hands go up all over. Come on, let's just pray right from your heart. Say it right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Forgive me of all my sin. Fill me with your Spirit. And help me to fulfill my purpose in the earth. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, touch now. Fill. Touch and fill each and every one, God, we pray. In the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you tonight. Praise the Lord.